comes up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today and you're going to want to get more copies of this. So give us a call, 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back. Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408 414. Big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have that white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. do we have a special treat for you today we have joe arview man he is an awesome songwriter singer and you need to get in contact with joe arview he's got a website joearview.com or give him a call at 618-927-1986 here's joe arview i'm going to talk about a 150 year old song so this, this missionary, 150 years ago, and by the way, i got to hold my hand up and say most of what I'm going to tell you is accurate. Because when I tell a story, sometimes I don't remember details accurately. But this is the gist of the story. 150 years ago, a man went to India, and he preached. He was a missionary. And he preached, and he preached, and he preached, and no one received him. He was in a Muslim territory. And he had no converts. And he decided that he had missed God. And so he decided to go, to go home. And just about the time he made that decision, one man came to Christ, converted. One man and his family. And so he, he goes ahead and leaves and goes home and leaves this man. A man happened to be a songwriter, and he wrote a song, and he preached the gospel to the people in his community. And he preached the gospel. And the people in the community were really irritated by this guy. Such, to such a degree that they called the, the chief of the tribe community, called an assembly. And they bring this man and his family before the whole assembly community. And they, the chief says to the man, now we don't want anything bad to happen to you but you're going to have to denounce this Jesus you're preaching. And so the man says, well, and he sings the first verse. And it goes like this. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Well, this infuriates the chief, 
And he calls, he makes the order, and they shoot his children. And they behead his wife. And the story says, while the children lay twitching on the ground, the chief says, what say you now? And he sings the second verse. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Well, he knows he's next. And so he sings then the third verse. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. And sure enough, they kill him. And it sounds like a sad story, but what happens is the tribe chief goes home and he can't sleep. He tosses and turns, and he finally decides there must be something to this. No man in his right mind would give up his whole family and his life for, some, for nothing. Calls out to God and says, if you're real, let this Jesus come into my heart. The old chief gets saved that night. The next day he begins to preach about Jesus. The whole community comes to Christ. Wonderful story. A lot of truth in it. And one is this. How many times have you thought you missed God? Like mm. that old missionary. I don't know what to sing, Gary. Anything you want to hear tonight? Rainbow. Rainbow, I'll do it. Found myself on a walkway, but I couldn't help but run. Driving my life in the fast lane, not far ahead of the gun. I take a pill to get up in the morning And the whiskey got me to bed I never thought I'd ever see 40 All I've been through, guess I should be dead I was searching for a life full of profit When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me riches untold Searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow began Always told me trust Jesus. I'd tell him he was just a man. And I was hell bent to be a free bird, to fly away and never land. 
Mama was right about Jesus He's the way, He's the truth, and He's the life He walked through hell to free us I've walked through hell to find His life Searching for a life full of prophets When I heard from a prophet of old I was carrying my gold in a pocket When he told me of riches untold Searching for the end of the rainbow When I found where the rainbow begins Yes, I found where the rainbow begins I was driving on the road one day, and I saw one of them big old beautiful rainbows. And I remembered, you know, all my life I wondered where the rainbow ends. You want to go find the end of the rainbow? Because what's there? Pot of gold, right? Pot of gold. And then I looked up. It's more important to know where that rainbow began, where it came from. Amen. Well, my name's Joe. That's my first name. My last name's Arview. I'm from, I have a Benton address, I'm from West Frankfurt, but really from Thompsonville, all right? I graduated in 1981. I was the valedictorian and the C-plus is still on the record book. Amen. Well, uh, the best thing that ever happened to me was uh, I had three sons and led all three of them to Jesus. And when that happens, you feel like... We got it, amen? We're all going. And then you get grandkids. Starts all over again. Except you got a bigger heart than you had before. But I'm going to sing a song. We call it the baseball song. It's a song I wrote years ago about my kids playing baseball. Anybody ever play, with your, play baseball out with your kid? You know, you teach them to catch the ball and all that. And, and it's kind of unnerving because they, they got that bat or that glove and they don't know which way to put it and you, you throw the ball and every now and then you bean them pretty good amen I mean it, it happens but then there's that time when they just catch that ball pop and it's perfect and they throw it back and I go find it under the pickup truck and throw it back but pretty soon you're just throwing it, catching it, throwing it catching it and it's almost a wonderful thing I didn't know it then but every time I threw that ball, I was reconnected with that little boy. And that's an eternal thing. Psalms called, I love him again. I don't care if the sun don't shine long as I'm with this boy of mine Playing baseball with an old wooden bat What could be any better than that? I guess I'm just a family man Cause I'm sure not a baseball fan I think I'm gonna tell him I love him again I'm 39 and I'm holding on to a little boy Going on 14 Girls and hair on his lip Living on potato chips He's becoming a man 
little too cool Just enrolled him in high school And I think I'm gonna tell him I love him again Now he's 29 Holding on to a little boy just been born I suppose I recognize that look of love in his eyes he's a godly man walk and talk don't reckon he'll ever fall think I'm gonna tell him I love him again Now he's 39 Holding on To this old man Still singing songs About life God Family Some things average folks don't see Like giving your love To your little boys Taking fishing Instead of buying them toys I think I'm gonna tell him love him again Now he's 49 holding hands with this old dying man Life's so short Seemed like yesterday we were playing that baseball game And where I'm going be a better place when my boy shows up someday I know I'm gonna tell him I love him again I love him again and again I love him again y'all thank you ain't joe awesome yes, he is. yeah he is joe he gives all the credit to god Amen. and as we should but uh god has gifted him and blessed him and he has blessed me to be partners with joe and with you guys here at this church Amen. and uh, uh, uh we went out to California together. Can you imagine God sending a couple old hillbillies from southern Illinois out to California to minister to a bunch of millionaires? That's where, that's where he sent us, out there to Businessmen Fellowship. These guys are all got great businesses and they're millionaires and, and here, we, here me and Joe are. And Joe gets up there and he sings and then he does that to me sings that song right before they introduced me to give my testimony and I was bubbling and I was crying and he had me crying right then and I t when he sings that song it takes me back to my, me and my dad playing catch in the front yard I could just see that when he sings that and me and my dad you know and, and dad was a, a rough guy he was he'd run around in the bars and the, and the, and when he came home to play with me he was usually drunk. He was. But he would come out and play catch with me. And I I just had the greatest time playing catch with my dad. Amen. And Joe was talking about the, the little boy throwing the ball and and him having to chase it out of the car. Well, when my dad got done playing, he threw the ball over my head, and I had to go hunt it. And the time I found the ball and got back, he was in the house. I knew it was time to quit, but I had the best time in playing catch with my, with my dad. And then as I grew up, I became my dad. I became an alcoholic, and when my boys wanted to play with me, I was usually too busy because I was on the road all the time. When I did play with them, 
I'd play with them for a little while, and then when I got done, I'd throw the ball over their head and make them chase it, and then I'd be gone in the house. And that's, that's the way I grew up with my dad. But as an alcoholic and a drug addict at the age of 43, a preacher knocked on my door, and he witnessed to me, told me about this man called Jesus, and I got saved driving down the road in my semi and changed me, changed my life, changed my family, and I got to lead my dad to the Lord. And I got to lead my children to the Lord. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us. Now I can't see you. Thanks, Joe. But we have a very small crowd here today. But you guys have been part of this ministry for so many years. And you have helped us, me and Joe, and all the rest of the people at Lonesome Road Ministry, take messages like that right there and send it out to people that won't come in here. We still get to minister to them because of your faithfulness, because you refuse to close the doors no matter what. And the title of my message today is, No Place to Quit. There's no place to quit when we sign on to serve God. I mean, when I got saved, God called me to start a tape ministry. And I knew I wasn't capable. And I told him that. And I argued with him for a year. I don't know about you, Pastor, but we're not. We're not capable. But with God, we can do all things with Him. He will put stuff in us that we're not qualified to do. And if we will just surrender to that and say, Lord, use me. And that's what I did. I said, Lord, I know I can't do this, but if you'll use me, if we could just reach one. I, I told you that last night. Just one. It'll all be worth it. Amen. And I heard a message by David Ring driving down the road. David Ring has cerebral palsy, and, and he's hard to understand. And I thought, man, what is this guy talking about? And as a, the more I listened to him, it was like the Holy Spirit just tuned him in to my spirit. And I could, he was just plain as day. And he was talking to me. And at the end of his message, he said, I've got cerebral palsy. What's your excuse? Why aren't you doing what God has called you to do? I threw my hands up in the air, and I said, okay, God, I surrender. I will start a tape ministry. I will do it. And so I did. I started a cassette tape ministry. In uh, October of 2000, I started this cassette tape ministry. Started making, putting my testimony on a tape. And God had given me songs to write. Uh, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know why I was writing them. But uh, when God called me to start a tape ministry in 1999, He said, that's what them songs are for. Put your testimony on a CD. Use those songs to reach people out on the road. And so that's what I did. I, I put them out there, and I picked up a cassette tape in 1999, and it was called I-20 for Jesus. It was Ray Sisk. He was from Appling, Georgia. And I, I started listening to him, and I, and I called him and talked to him, and he was so encouraging. and. Through him and David Ring's message, I surrendered to the call. I talked about being called last night. We are called. And if we will surrender, God can do uh, the amazing things in our lives. Amen. And he will. And so I surrendered to that call. And I started that cassette tape ministry. And it went along pretty good for about six months. And then... I walked into the church one day and we had a table back there with cassette tapes on them and there was a trash bag sitting by that table and it was full of my cassette tapes. And the pastor had decided he didn't want to do that tape ministry no more. And I tried to talk to him. He said, I ain't got time to talk to you right now. I just don't, we're just not going to do that tape ministry. And I couldn't ever figure out what had happened. 
We had just been in revival. We were trying to reach people in the community. And all of a sudden, the tapes weren't going to be used. It didn't make sense. And I talked to him, and he wouldn't talk to me. And so I decided, well, God, you ever talk to God and say, God, I guess I'm just going to have to quit. There's, the church doesn't want me to do a tape ministry. I guess it's time to quit. I tried, and I failed. I did. I tried. I'd done everything I could. I failed. The church won't let me do it. So I, I guess I'm just going to have to quit. I called Ray Sisk. <laughs> and I said, Ray, church is done. Shut my tape ministry down. I guess I'm just going to have to quit. Somebody said, well, you called the wrong person when you called Ray Sisk. I said, no. I called the right person. Amen. Ray said, uh, son, you done put your hand to the plow. There's no place to quit when you sign on to serve God. If God has called you to do a tape ministry, you do a tape ministry. Doesn't matter what the church says. Doesn't matter what the community says. Doesn't matter what your neighbors say. Doesn't matter what your friends say. You do what God has called you to do. If you've been called to pastor, you pastor. If you've been called to preach, you preach. If you've been called to teach, you teach. If you've been called to do a tape ministry, you do a tape ministry. That's your calling. Don't let Satan stop you. Satan come to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give you life and life more abundant. We always got to turn that coin over because the good news is on the other side. Satan wants to throw the bad news at us, but there's good news on the other side. Pastor, don't you quit. Don't you quit. Don't any of you quit because God has put you right here for that purpose that you're in right now, and it's to reach somebody. They may not be here. They may never show up here. But we have a way to get this message. We have a way to get Joe's music. We have a way to get that story of his that to touch people in this community. And we got to keep on keeping on. There's no place to quit. That's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to quit and stop doing what we have been called to do. Amen. We can't quit. We got to keep on. We got to persevere. No place to quit is the title that God gave me to bring this message to you this week. And he gave it to me a week ago or more. So it didn't just come this because of the, this, what's been going on here, the, the message that Joe brought. I have decided, we, oh man, what a great message. And it's for each and every one of us. And it's for these people that is out there that won't come in. I, uh, we seen a couple in the motel today and, uh, I got to talking to them. We invited them to church, invited them to come out. Well, they're not here, but I put the church in their hands this morning. Amen. I give them a tape, a cassette, or not a cassette. CD. What is, what I give them, Joe? CD. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I go back in time. <laughs> Back to the good old cassette tape days. Them was good old days. But, you know, it keeps getting gooder, as Tony Mack says. When the cassettes were good, but the CDs are gooder. And the podcasts are even gooder. And now we're doing radio programs, and that's even gooder. Because we're reaching more people. And now we've got our own radio station. God just keeps bringing us up to new levels. And he wants, he's got new levels for each and every one of us if we don't quit. There's no place to quit. We got to keep going. We got to keep praying. We got to keep believing. We got to keep asking. We got to keep saying, Lord, use me to reach my family, my friends, my neighbors, people I don't even know, like in the motel. They said they would listen to it. I bet they will. I told them a little bit about, I told them about Joe singing on one of them. And the and what a great singer he is. I, I didn't tell him that in front of him because I don't want him. Because <laughs> he talks about my bald head all the time. But uh, we have been friends for a long time. And we have been coast to coast. We went to California together. 
Man, what a high that was. And I'm not just talking about the airplane ride. <laughs> Going out there and getting to sing, and, and uh, they wouldn't let me sing. He sang, and I, and I shared my testimony to a bunch of millionaires. I mean, you never know who you're going to be speaking to. I've got Pastor Jeff's messages on, on uh, CDs, and he's preaching all across the world because we're all over the world now. We're in 32 different countries. So this little church, it may be small right now, but every time we send out a CD, we have a congregation that is so big that you couldn't fit them all in here. So don't get discouraged. Amen. Don't quit. Don't, don't ever let the Satan tell you you can't do what you're doing. Because he will. He'll talk to you. And uh, he'll say, you can't do this. The cost of discipleship is the title that they put on this uh, um, Luke chapter 9 verse 57. The cost of discipleship. There's a cost of being a follower of Jesus. There's a cost. Just like Joe was talking about in that song. That, that uh, guy that wrote, I have decided. There was a cost. And he paid the cost. But he would not quit. No place to quit. There's a cost of discipleship. And there's going to be a cost for each and every one of us. But we have decided that we're going to follow Jesus. And there's no place to quit. In uh, Luke chapter 9 uh, verse 57. The cost of discipleship. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road. That someone said to him. Lord I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. He's saying, Follow me. Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. That's what our call is, to go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. Once you put your hand to the plow, there's no looking back. There's no turning back. You've got to keep on Keeping on for Jesus, no matter what. If the tape ministry I told you, it, it failed and I tried to quit. And Grace Sisk said, you can't quit. I'm telling you guys right here, you can't quit. Amen. I don't know what's going on here. And, uh, but you've got to keep on doing what you're doing. Because God has called you to do that. And if there's uh, ten people here or if there's six people here, well, it doesn't matter. You do what God has called you to do. And you be faithful to him and he will be faithful to you. And we'll keep sending those messages out all across the country. And we will have a harvest when it comes time when he says, well done, thy good and faithful. Amen. And he will say that if we don't quit. Amen. If we don't quit. And this message right here, when I was preparing this message, I kept thinking about Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. You, re you remember the story in, uh, what was it, First Kings what, Joe? 17, Elijah proclaims a drought. Remember that? Now, I know you guys have all read this about the uh, God calling a drought, and Elijah declares it to the king and sends a drought across the country, and then God sends him to the, to the brook Cherith to uh, feed him with the birds and, uh, and the river. That's where God sent his man there until it dried up and then he sent him to the widow's house and she fed him with uh, she was getting ready to kill herself and her child and then Elijah showed up and said bake me a cake first and then your oil and your bread will not deplete you will have enough to last until the drought is over and she listened to Elijah she fed him and then God fed them that's what we got to do. We got to listen to the prophet. We got to listen to the people of God, and they will feed us, and then we can feed the people. 
And her son even died. But Elijah brought him back to life. Elijah didn't understand why he died, but God knew. God knows what's going on in our lives. God knows what's going on right here. He don't know why this, we don't know why this uh, church is not filling up because America needs revival. Amen. We need revival right here. And this place should be full, but it ain't. But God knows the answer. We don't. But if we are faithful, and Elijah was faithful, he put the little boy on the bed and laid on him three times and brought him back to life. He didn't do it. God did. Amen. God is faithful. We got to be faithful. And then Elijah goes to the king Ahab and delivers the message that God gave him. And we got to be able to deliver the message that God gives us. And then, then it was the great victory on Mount Carmel. Remember that? That great victory that uh, Elijah had where all the prophets were slain of Baal. He slain every prophet, 450 of them, against one. But God had the victory on Mount Carmel. And after that great victory, what happened? Jezebel. Remember Jezebel in the Bible? She was a queen. She decided she was going to kill Elijah. And what did Elijah do? He just slain 450 prophets. What did he do? He ran. He ran. He was scared. And he took off running. He was exhausted. He was worn out because he was, had been serving God so hard that it exhausted him. Sometimes we serve God so hard we just get, we get exhausted and we think, well, maybe it's time to quit. There's no place to quit when you sign on to serve God. There's no place to quit. And Elijah, he took off and went to, uh, what town? It doesn't matter. He went to this one town and he left all of his servants there. And then he went a little farther on down the road. And he sat under a juniper tree. And he said, I've had it. I'm done. I quit. I might as well. I just, I'm just ready to die, God. Just take me home. And God sent an angel to touch him and feed him and re-strengthen him. Re-strengthen? Is that a word? It is now. Re-strengthen him. And then he sent another. And the angel came back and touched him again. That, when I, when I read that, that's being touched by the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill us up with his spirit. And he will do that when we get down and get underneath that juniper tree. You know what a juniper tree is? It's a broom tree. A broom tree. That's what Satan uses, had got Elijah to this broom tree. And Satan was ready to just sweep him up and take him away out of his ministry. That's where Satan wants to get us, to that broom tree where we're just ready to throw up our hands and quit because it ain't going the way we want it to go. Well, guess what? God has a bigger plan, a better plan, and if we will surrender to that, then he will strengthen us. He will send that angel and fill us up with the Holy Spirit, and we will be able to do more than we ever thought, dreamed, or imagined, and we can keep on keeping on. There is no place to quit. When we serve God, we got to keep on doing what God has called us to do. And if we will do that, boy, I tell you, God is going to continue to bless this church. He's going to bless this ministry. He's going to bless Joe Arview's music. We see it every day, the blessings that he's given us. I mean, I started out for that little cassette tape ministry. And I was, got to the point I wanted to quit. But Ray Sisk said, son, you done put your hand to the plow. I have never forgot that. And every time I get to that point where things ain't going the way I want, I see Ray Sisk. I remember that phone call. Just like I seen my dad playing catch with me when Joe sang that song. You realize how many people are affected by that one song that we send out? Amen. It just rings their heart. And, and once you get that heart ringing out, that is when it is soft and tender and ready for the gospel message to get into their hearts. And that's what we got to keep doing. We got to keep on keeping on, doing what God has called us to do. There's no place to quit. I mean, through, through the cassette tape ministry, that first time that got, I wanted to quit. And, and Ray Sis told me, You done put your hand in the plow. Don't quit. There's no place to quit. 
I mean, and from there, I left that church and went to Orchardville Church. And I walked in that church. <laughs> I, was, I was beaten. And the first day I was there, people walked, I walked in that church, and I still remember uh, the people that were there. A lot of them went on to be with the Lord, but they was the friendliest people I'd ever seen in a church. They shook my hand. They told me they was glad I was there. It, it, it had been quite some several months since some, anybody had shook my hand at my home church, the one that I'd been going to for seven years. And I was so thrilled about the, the faces I seen were all lit up, smiles on everybody's face. They all wanted to shake your hand and tell you they're glad that you're there. And I told my wife, I said, we might go there next week. <laughs> she said, oh, I love the music. And I said, yeah, the preaching is awesome. Mark Shell can preach. I said, if I had that man's messages, if I had his sermons on a cassette tape, that would be a, a tape ministry. That would make a great tape, tape ministry. And so we went back the next Sunday, and we went back the next Sunday, and we went back the next Sunday. And it wasn't long, we just felt like we was at home. And Pastor Mark Shell asked me to give my testimony. Linda told him about my testimony. She, he asked me if I'd give my testimony. I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. I said, but before I do that, I, I said, I'd like to take you out to dinner and tell you all about my tape ministry. He said, tape ministry? What's that? And I told him about what I was doing out on the road as a truck driver, being a witness to everywhere I went. He said, the church has got to hear this. So we set up a time in June of 2002 for me to give my testimony. And before that, I was buying all the tapes, running up and down the stairs without a tape duplicator, doing this tape ministry. And I gave my testimony in June 2002 at Orchardville Church. And Mark Shell, after I got done giving my testimony, he came up there and he said, uh, Gary Rayburn's a truck driver, and everybody knows truck drivers wear cowboy boots, and some preachers do too. He always preached in cowboy boots. And he said, we're going to put a cowboy boot right here at the altar, and we're going to raise $2,000 to start a cassette tape ministry. He asked me what it would cost, and I said, well, I said, I've got to have a tape duplicator, and uh, you can buy them for three or $400. I said, but there's one that I've been looking at in this catalog that costs $1,200. I said, that's the Cadillac of tape duplicators. I said, I've been dreaming about getting one of those. He said, we're going to get one. And he, he put that boot up there, and he said, we need $2,000 to start a cassette tape ministry here at Orchardville Church. And when we get that, we're going to start the tape ministry. And he said, uh, Gary wants a $1,200 duplicator, and we need tapes, and we need a computer and a printer to get this tape ministry going. And it took six weeks for the church to raise $2,000 in that boot. And we started a cassette tape ministry. I think it was August of 2002. And the tape ministry exploded. We started making 300 cassette tapes right off the bat a week. And then it was 500, and then it was 700, and then it was 1,000. And I said, Mark, i got to have another tape duplicator. I can't keep up. He said, well, I'll get the boot. <laughs> and so he got the boot back out and told everybody we needed another tape duplicator. We need another $2,000. And it took a week that time to raise $2,000 because the congregation had seen the effect of this tape ministry and every person in the church, well, I say every person, most of the congregation in the church was behind the tape ministry. They was taking cassette tapes with them every Sunday when they left. They was passing them out to their family, their friends, their neighbors, and that little church of uh, 200 or less became a church of 2,000 people in just a few short years because they grabbed a hold of the vision to reach family, friends, and neighbors. 
And, and from there, God just kept raising the bar, raising the bar, raising me up higher and higher than I ever thought I could be. In 2006, I went to work for an oil field company as a truck driver, still driving trucks. And in 2007, God spoke to me again and told me, I'm going to make you an oil field chaplain. And I thought, I never heard of that. And I thought, this can't be God. There ain't no such thing. And I got on the internet and searched for oil field chaplain, and there wasn't no such thing. But he woke me up three nights in a row with the same dream and said, you're going to be an oil field chaplain. And so I finally, I said, well, it took me a year to surrender to the call to start a tape ministry. I'm not messing around this time. I'm going to go tell my boss what God has said. I said, Monday morning, I'm going in. I'm going to tell him. And Monday came, and I went to work, and I chickened out. <laughs> He's going to think I'm crazy. There ain't no such thing as an oil field chaplain. And I went home that night, and I was miserable. I mean miserable. And the next day, I said, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just, I don't care what he thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks. I know what God said. I'm going to tell him. So the next day, I went to his office, and I said, Bob, can I talk to you? He said, yeah, come in. He said, let's pray. <laughs> Bob was a prayer. Man, he loved to pray. And we prayed, and he said, what's on your mind? I said, I told him about the dream that God gave me. And I said, God once has told me that I'm going to be an old field chaplain. He looked at me and kind of turned his head a little bit, and then all of a sudden he just jumped straight up in the air. He said, let's do it. Let's do it. You're the oil field chaplain. And he sat back down. He said, now what does an oil field chaplain do? <laughs> I said, Bob, I ain't got a clue. I said, God just told me I'm going to be an oil field chaplain. I said, I do a CD ministry at Orchardville. Why don't we start a CD ministry here for the oil field workers and start trying to reach these workers that we have and this community here in Carmine? He said, let's do it. I'll, he said, get what you need. I'll get you a credit card. I'll get you a pickup truck. And you're the oil field chaplain. And that's the way I became a chaplain for the oil field. First one that I know of. I couldn't find them on the internet. And now there's oil field chaplains in about every oil field that there is. Because God was in it. And God birthed it. And he has going to birth something in each and every one of us if we just don't quit. Amen. If we just persevere, keep doing what he says, listen to his voice, and then do what he says. God wants each and every one of us to do something amazing. And we started that CD ministry, and it, that was in 2007. And that's when I met Joe Arview, 2007. We put on a bull ride down at Ducoin. Remember that, Joe? Sure. Yeah. We just had, had the best time. We decided we was going to do this bull ride, and we needed uh, somebody to do music. And so I said, well, uh, Barry Steed, he, he, he was from Carmi. He was a big part of, uh, well, Bob knew him real well. I said, let's get Barry Steed to do the music. And I, he said, okay, give him a call. So I called Barry. He said, no, I, I can't do it. I'm booked for whatever date it was, he said, but I got a good friend that, that would be fit perfect with what you guys are doing. I said, yeah, what's his name? He said, Joe Arview. I said, I never heard of him. He said, oh, he's good. I said, well, okay, give me his number. So I called Joe, and Joe, he lives down at Benton, so he met us down there at Ducoin. We was going down there to look at the spot where he was going to have the bull ride, and I met Joe down there that day, and, and uh, we talked, visited, and Joe gave me his, one of his CDs. He didn't even charge me for it. He, he gave it to me. He said, here's my music. Listen to it. And if you like what I do, give me a call. I plugged it in on the way home. Uh, I live about an hour from Ducoin. And when I heard that rainbow song, I fell in love with Joe Arview and his music. Man, I just love that. And all the songs are good. I just love each and every one of them. And I said, this is the guy we need for the bull ride. So I called him and we booked him. And, and uh, he's been a part of our ministry ever since. Like, he, like Joe said, we've been across the country together. We've been to California, Florida, 
and Colorado and I don't know, lots of places in between. Uh, doing God has just used us in amazing ways. And that's what happens when we don't quit. That's what happens when we persevere. That's what happens when we do what God is calling us to do. He will raise us up to places we never thought or dreamed possible. And that ministry, uh, rig ministry exploded into, I started making uh, CDs down there and just, it just exploded. What well, Bob told me, he said, I said, Bob, how many CDs do you think we ought to make each week? He said, make as many as you can. <laughs> I loved it. I said, you mean I can make as many as I want? He said, yeah, make as many as you can. So I did. That's what I started doing. I made as many as I could. And our ministry got so big, it went from 1,000 a, a, a week to we was making three, four, five thousand 5,000 a week. We got up to 20,000 CDs a month at Rig Ministry. But just making as many as I could. I kept buying duplicators and and making CDs, and and uh, we was putting them out all over the country, around the world, and it just kept getting gooder and gooder. And every time it gets gooder, the devil always throws something at you. There's always a place to quit. I can name lots of different places that I wanted to quit down there at Rig Ministry. But I knew that God had called me to do it. Every time we have a high, just like Elijah, Satan would take us to that broom tree. And we'd just think, it's time to quit. But there's no place to quit. I wasn't about to let Satan win, sweep me up, and throw me out like the trash. Amen. Because God has something for us. Remember that, uh, that old movie, uh, Rocky, I think it was. Anybody ever watch a movie called Rocky? Sylvester Stallone, the fighter. Remember that? I think it's the first one. Oh, Rocky was down and out on the mat. Looked like he was beat, defeated. And then there was this old man in the corner, his trainer, Burgess Meredith. Remember Burgess Meredith? He stuck his head between them ropes like that right there. You get up. You get up. It's not time to quit. God's not through with you. You keep on doing what you're supposed to do. You get up and start swinging. God, he wasn't using God, but I am. God has a plan for your life, and he has a plan for this church. Don't you quit. Don't give up. God wants you to do amazing things in this community. I believe it. Joe spoke it. And we're claiming it right here. This is not time to quit. It's time to step up and step out and do things that maybe people's never heard of. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know what the plan is God has for you. But I do know this. He don't want you to quit. He don't want you to give up. He wants you to persevere, keep going. Uh, let me close with this right here. There's one uh, CD... I can't remember which one it is. David Gibbs tells a story about the, the old slave, the old slave uh, guy that was beaten and whipped and all this. And then the slavery ended. And uh, he, was, he became a free slave. And they said, what, what do you want to do now that you're free? He said, I'd like to learn how to read. I want to read the Bible. And so somebody taught him how to read. And he learned how to read and he read the whole Bible. And they said, what would you like to do now? He said, I think God's called me to preach. Oh, he said, oh, reading the Bible is one thing, but you can't preach. You're a black man. He said, I know it. You know it. But God don't know it. He's called me to preach. And I'm going to preach. And he found a little building and started preaching. And he was the only one in there. And he started preaching to himself every Sunday. He'd preach a sermon. And he always preached an hour. And they asked him, well, why do you preach an hour? He said, I need the preaching. He was preaching to himself. And it word got out in the town that this crazy black man was down there preaching to himself. And people started coming just to listen to him preach to himself. And his church started growing. And he outgrew the church. He had to build another one. 
And he had to build another one. And it just kept getting bigger. And finally, he said, I believe God's called me to go to, I think it's Philadelphia, and start a church. And they said, well, it's one thing to start a church out here in the country and have it grow. But you, you, you go to the city, I mean, you're going to fail. There's always somebody telling you you're going to fail. Yeah. That's Satan. That's Satan. Amen. And he said, I don't know. I know it and you know it, but God doesn't know it. He's told me to go to Philadelphia and start a church. So he went to Philadelphia and ended up starting a church there. And nobody came. And he preached to himself. He'd preach one Sunday to himself, preach another, preach another. And finally, word got out. Crazy black man down there preaching to himself. And people started coming just to hear him preach to himself. And same thing. His church started growing. He grew and he grew and it grew. And I can't remember the name of the, of the church, but on the CD, David Gibbs has got all the information. It's a, some big, humongous church in Philadelphia, and now it's got a university and everything there. There's nothing that God can't do Amen. if we just don't Hallelujah. give up and don't quit. And that's the message that God laid on my heart for you guys this week. So, praise God. There's a river flowing from above to bring down God's blessings to fill us with His love. And there's a Like a cool summer rain Drink from the water And never thirst again There's a love That can't be understood And friends, we don't like to close any program without offering you that chance to just ask. All you have to do is cry out from your heart and God will save you. Just cry out, Lord, please forgive me. I surrender my heart to you this minute and I will live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Hey, if you cry out with your heart, then God heard you and God saved you. Now, what you need to do is call somebody and tell them that you just asked Christ into your heart. You can call us at 618-383-2107, but you need to call somebody and tell them. And a table that's filled with pure delight. There's a home for the chosen. If your answer is yes, oh, it belongs to you. It's a life worth living for. And it's a knock worth answering your door. It's a call.